Welcome to A Security Life, the podcast, brought to you by SPT News, Canada's number one source of industry news and information for security installers, dealers, and integrators. You've tuned in to hear compelling conversations on hot topics and industry trends with security professionals and personalities from across Canada. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of A Security Life, a new security industry podcast brought to you by SBT News that will bring you in-depth interviews with Canadian alarm and security professionals, personalities, and thought leaders. My name is Paul Grossinger, and I am the group publisher of SBT News, the foremost media source for security and alarm dealers, integrators, resellers, and vendors in Canada. In this episode of A Security Life, I'm excited to be joined by Virgil Reed. Virgil is the founder and CEO of Reed Security, a Saskatoon-based security company. Hello, Virgil. Good morning. A pleasure to have you on our uh, podcast today. I hope all is well. Everything is well. We're running off our feet. Uh, great to hear. So, um, yeah, so let's get started. Um, would love to hear about sort of your story and sort of how you got started in the uh, alarm industry. Oh, well, you know what? I got my start uh, 20 years ago, 1998. At the time, I was working for a big box store, Future Shop. I was in technology sales and uh, I really enjoyed technology. Um, The only problem is that it was a retail store with retail hours. I saw this ad in the newspaper and uh, it was for a commercial sales rep for ADT security and went for my interview and, you know, I found out, you mean you're going to give me a base salary? Wow. And I don't have to work retail hours. And uh, that's how I got my start. I just, uh, I beat out other applicants. I had a strong background in sales. And uh, I really didn't have any idea uh, what the security industry was about, other than it sounded exciting because of the technology. So in those first few days, weeks, months of uh, being in the alarm and security industry, was there anything that sort of uh, took you by surprise or you weren't aware of? You know what? I would say I'm a self-starter, so I, you know, I tried to learn everything that I could. So I, you know, I knew when I started the position, a fairly good idea of what the expectations were. But one of the things that was, I guess, different that I didn't expect is that the company ADT did not really have a great training program. So I, I did a lot of uh, ride-alongs and shadowing, but there was no formal training. I, I had to figure it out. And from a, a technology perspective, what, what kind of um, systems were you selling back there? So back then, um, we were still using DSC equipment. Uh, so, I mean, I had some great training directly from DSC. Um, I'm trying to remember what the models were. I think they were like a PC-1550 was the default alarm system. So pretty entry-level stuff. One of the things I was hired to do was upgrade some of the systems that were out in the field that were 20 years old and were wired differently and had, uh, I think it was called EEPROMs. And so, yeah, it was quite obsolete compared to the DSC equipment that I was upgrading people to. So you're working at ADT, you're doing well there. Um, tell us a little bit about how and why you started Read Security. Well, I'm in Saskatchewan and ADT, I think they're a successful company as a national company. And unfortunately, the way that I felt in Saskatchewan was that we were the gap. It's such a small province and such a small client base compared to what they would have nationally. The decisions being made elsewhere didn't really seem to align 
with the market. So I just saw an opportunity that I, I thought I could do it better. What was it like in the early days of Reed in terms of uh, trying to attract clients? Uh, did you have to create a sales force? I assume you had to hire staff. What was it like in the early days of launching Reed Security? Well, you know what? I, I like talking about it now, but quite frankly, back in 2000 when I started, it was terrible. It was just absolutely terrible from what I thought it was going to be. I I made a business plan and I was fairly young. I was 26 years old when I started and uh, very naive, uh, overly optimistic, rose-colored glasses. Uh, to top it off, uh, we had a telco that just started into the security industry in Saskatchewan. So it was very difficult. And uh, I felt like a failure, to tell you the truth. I thought for a long time, what did I do? You know, I gave up everything that was going well at uh, ADT. And um, no, it just, it wasn't meant to be. In fact, you know, I was doing about 40% of the numbers that I had projected out of the gate. So, you know, you look back and it's like, wow, what was I thinking? Um, at, when I started my business, uh, it was a unique opportunity in that due to the growth of local ADT dealers, uh, they actually downsized the branch. So one of the, you know, I guess the opportunities that I had back then is I was able to bring over uh, to a new startup uh, four or five staff members that were being laid off at ADT. So, you know, I, I opened my business and you know, looking back at it, we were just too many people and they weren't really uh, prepared for a startup themselves. They were used to the comfort of a large national business. But when it came down to it, um, you know, having seven people out of the gate that weren't prepared uh, for a startup, that was a, a big mistake. At 90 days uh, of my business being open, I had to make a decision. Uh, it became obvious I could not actually stay in business with the overhead that I had. And one of the biggest gut checks that I had early on is I actually had to downsize my business from seven people to two, and one of those people was myself. Oh, so can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, it's you know you have to decide back then, what do I do? Do I, do I call or quits, or do I follow my dream? And I knew inside me, you know, I'm determined. I'm not going to let this get me down, although it felt like a failure. And um, I basically made the choice that I had to make up the difference by working longer. So, I mean, I was putting in 60 to 70 hour weeks then to try to keep up. But you know what? It was very difficult uh, acquiring uh, customers, new opportunities. The internet was popular or just getting popular. But you know what? Nobody knew who we were. And uh, I didn't get a lot of opportunities until uh, one thing changed. And back then, uh, the Yellow Pages came out. And I can remember the day that the Yellow Pages uh, came out, which is about six months of us being into business, uh, things started changing. Opportunities started coming. And uh, I started seeing some hope because I had some opportunities. Um, so I uh, I started my career in the security industry around uh, the same time you did in 2000 uh, in 99 time frame and things have definitely changed uh, over the last 
18 years, uh, technology, consolidation, uh, the players in the industry. When you look back at 18 years of um, having Reed Security, what are some of the industry changes that you think are noteworthy? So I guess one thing that I noticed here is uh, customers previously would install uh, security systems and have them monitored by one provider for 10 years or longer. Um, And the base, uh, I guess, RMR, the base fee that the customer would pay would be about $20 per month. And what's interesting is that it's 18 years later and the base fee is still $20 per month. Um, But you know what, because of uh, different price models, the average RMR for a subscriber right now is actually quite a bit more. So, you know, it's not $20 a month anymore. One big change is that because of uh, the new technology features, smart home systems that have security, people are conditioned now to be paying closer to $50 a month, but they get quite a bit more. And and I think that's um, a good segue into the whole idea of smart homes and and how the industry has changed and the industry always talks about stickiness and what makes their products or their services sticky to the end user do you think the whole smart home movement has connected customers more with security providers uh i would say so so you know what Uh, one of the frustrations of the industry for me is the door-to-door companies that go around promoting everything that's available right and I don't like their tactics uh, with the deception. However, what I do have to give them credit is they have done a great job of educating uh, prospects on what's available. So I really do believe that today's customer, they like the cutting edge technology. They, they like the toys. They like to be able to control their systems with their uh, phone app, right? They want to lock their doors, control their thermostat. Almost, it's like the security part has become secondary. And I hear that a lot. And I think that's something that uh, the industry has come to uh, understand and believe. I'm on your website now, and I I see that you have uh, an FAQ section, and in it, you have a whole section on false alarms. And I know it's an ongoing issue in the industry, uh, relationships with law enforcement across the country. What's your views on false alarms, and and what does Reed do to help the issue? As far as false alarms go, it's just part of having a security system. There's things that you can do, however, and this is what we do as Reed, is we spend a lot of time with our sales teams, making sure that they understand how to properly design and quote a security system. So it's not just a package that's sold and, you know, that's the package you get. We actually customize it and we make sure that, number one, we use quality equipment, but number two, that we design the system so that it's effective and reliable. Uh, the second part is, is that our part of our process is that our technicians go out of their way to make sure that the customer is trained on the proper use of their security system. So I would say that those are two things that we can do to reduce the amount of false alarms. But we also understand that false alarms are part of the industry if you're going to have a monitored security system. I definitely think you made some good points there. I noticed too that uh, Reed has expanded. I, I see it has offices in Regina and Prince Albert and Calgary. Um, can you just talk a little bit about your growth and how you got to uh, grow in these areas? So, you know, 
what? That's actually one of the things that I enjoy the most about our business is uh, growth and keeping up to it. And so in uh, 2013, uh, we were approached by uh, two people from Prince Albert uh, who worked for a competitor in that market. And uh, I can tell you, you know, as we're growing our business and becoming a, a strong brand locally, people would contact us uh, and ask if they could, number one, buy our business, or number two, you know, would you consider franchising? Or the third request was always, would you consider partnering with us in a different market? And most of the time, I would say, you know what, I'm flattered, but we are just, we're running off our feet. We can't actually keep up in our existing market, so I'm going to have to decline. In 2013, though, uh, you know what, I, I took a phone call. I decided I'm going to meet with these people just to hear them out, to see what they had to say. And I was pleasantly surprised at the quality of uh, the people who had approached us in that uh, it was the service manager and the head technician of a competitor. And so, you know, after spending time with them, getting to know them and uh, doing a business plan to figure out um, projections and if it made sense, uh, we decided that we would actually create another location. And we did so by creating a dealer program. And so, you know what, uh, we don't market it heavily. It's available for people uh, that are looking to leave their existing employer. Maybe they decide that they wanted to try becoming an entrepreneur. Uh, so the advantage of having our dealer program is that we're primarily looking for partners in markets that we don't currently operate in. So five years ago was the first dealership in Prince Albert. Three years ago, Calgary and Regina came along, and we also have a local dealer right in Saskatoon who they're fantastic partners. Uh, so growth uh, by growing in markets that you don't currently operate in has been a great addition uh, to building our business. That's a great story, and I think that your growth is uh, is amazing to see. From a, a general business perspective, what worries you? Is it I know from speaking to a lot of uh, alarm dealers, integrators, sometimes they say it's speed of technology, it's attrition, it's finding new clients, uh, it's finding good salespeople. Is there anything that sort of keeps you up at night as a Canadian business owner? I'm pretty confident that we can adapt to change. We've always been able to be ahead of the curve. I'm not afraid to diversify. And we've proven that we're successful when you have a plan. But at the same time, yes, what keeps me up at night? And my number one concern is always related to HR, the people that work with us. And uh, we have a fantastic staff. So let's just get that out of the way right now is that we have great people. It feels like family at the office. Uh, we don't have a lot of turnover. But my concern is making sure that I have the right people in the right roles. And, you know, I'm always trying to balance the needs of what the team is. There's only a certain budget for the entire payroll. And one thing is wages are always going to be increasing. So we have to make sure that we can keep paying to keep that team together. So I would say HR related. I'm not concerned about most of the other things that you mentioned. And that's fair enough. And I think that it seems like finding the right people is a, a need and a factor for a lot of businesses in Canada. Um, what would you say your customers say about Reed if 
if I was to ask them about their uh, experience with you and your company? I know exactly what they say uh, because of two things. One, uh, the power of uh, social media, right? So, you know, if they're unhappy, they're normally going to go to Google and give you a review and tell everybody exactly how you let them down. So, you know, part of our strategy is creating a great customer experience. But the second way is that with every single service call, at every single install, we have a survey that we send out with our technicians. And it's called, how was your experience? And in that, in that survey, there's 10 really simple uh, questions where they just have to put a checkbox and we make it somewhat humorous, but our customers will tell us daily how we're doing. You know, sometimes they will if they had a, you know, a, a bad experience because something didn't go quite right. They'll mark it down, but the majority of the experiences and the feedback that we get is that our customers are happy and are even super fans. And so that is our goal. And I can check that daily. Yeah, it sounds like you have a really good connection with your customers and your clients. Um, and I guess just to conclude our, our conversation, what advice, uh, insights you have for other alarm dealers across the country? I don't, I don't want you to give up your, your secrets to success, but what's some advice that you might have to someone just starting a, an alarm or security business in the country? Well, earlier in our interview here, I spoke about my early days and how I failed a lot. And so I guess what it leads to is 18 years later, one of the advantages of partnering with a dealer program, or at least with our dealer program, is the mentorship and the coaching. And so if you can't get that uh, through a dealer program, I would actually advise anyone who's an entrepreneur to be part of a mentorship or coaching group so you can share your experiences with your peers. Uh, I actually belong to one of those and you can share updates about um, your business, but also your personal life, your family life and your community life. And so when you can be with a peer group and you can actually share, you know, this is what happened to me. Here's how I fixed the problem it's actually very powerful and where else are you going to access something like that so one of the big things that i would recommend is to have a peer or mentorship group that you can share experiences um, the other thing i would do though is pay attention to your business right so you can't just sit back and relax and uh, you have to get in there and you got to put whatever amount of hours are necessary and work hard at your business and make it so that it's robotic. Make sure that you have policies and procedures that are set up so that you can give a great experience to your customers. And then the third thing that I would do is I would focus a lot of my energy on marketing and branding. So the one thing I always tell new business owners is that, you know, it's great for, you know, what some dealer programs pay out but it really isn't relevant unless you have opportunities. And so I would spend the majority of my time, and, and I do to this day, on customer acquisition. I think that's great advice, Virgil, and I think that uh, a lot of that is uh, bodes well for the future for a lot of security companies. Um, Virgil, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I think your story uh, is an amazing one, and I think you're an inspiration to a lot of 
not only security companies in the country, but businesses in general. I think you've done a great job with Reed, and I wish you well in the future. Thanks so much, Paul. Thank you for joining us, Security Life, the podcast brought to you by SPT News, Canada's number one source of industry news and information for security installers, dealers, and integrators. Visit sptnews.ca for more episodes.